Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. We are currently busy with a series called Uncommon Sense, and uh, today is part three of the series. I do encourage you to go and listen to, to the other two messages because they do all tie in together. The title, the subtitle for this week's message is The Theology of It. Give it if you need it. There's a story about a call that goes out to 911. And the dispatcher who answers the phone call asks the person who makes the call, says, um, um, 911, what is your emergency? And the person answers, says, help, uh, we, we were hunting and my gun went off accidentally and I think my buddy's dead. The dispatcher says, okay, I need to know whether uh, you need an ambulance because there has been a terrible accident and we need all the emergency vehicles available for the accident. Can you be sure your friend is dead? The hunter replies, well, all right, just give me a moment. The dispatcher hears in the distance a loud bang. The person comes back and he says, now what? See, he didn't get it. He heard what the person were asking him, but he didn't get it. And I want to say there are so many things that we don't get because we are only depending on our own common sense. Instead of depending on what the word says regarding the situations and the circumstances that we are going through. Because for most of us, the word's instruction would be uncommon to our senses. In Luke 6, 38, it says the following, Give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. I'm going to read that again. Give, and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. Now, I know I lost some of you already. Don't tune out yet. Just stay with me. Don't switch channels. Because the first word you heard was the word give. But I'm going to ask you to not prejudge me before you listen to the whole message. Because the word I'm going to focus on is not actually the word give, but it's actually the word it. Give it. So let's focus on the it. Let's make sure we understand a foundational principle for living in God's kingdom. For, you know, it's so fun. It's uncommon to our thinking for sure. This, is not, this will not be common to your ways. It. You can only give what you have. If you don't have it, you can't give it. Because it's not yours to give whatever it happens to be. 
This brings me to a principle that is foundational, and that is you are, you are only supposed to have one source in your life. And that one source is God. We are to, de- to be dependent and to depend on God as our source for life. And that is not common for our thinking. But God should be our one source. God has many resources and many channels through which God can bring whatever he wants to get to you. But he should be your one source. Once you make something other than God your source, you have to look to that thing, whatever it is. You have to depend on that thing. You've got to bank on that thing. Maybe even at times you have to bow to that thing. But if that thing was never your source, then that thing can't own you or control you because you were never looking to it for your ultimate solution in the first place. And I think many of you are there where you've looked to things as your source for life. The grocery store is not your source. It's merely a channel where you can buy food. They don't grow the food in the store, in the back. It's not your source. It's just a vehicle to transfer it from where it came from so that you can get it. So if this store closes down, that's okay because you can just go to another store because the store is not your source. Your job is not your source. It's important to have a job. You should have a job because it's a channel where you work so that you can receive payment and income so that you can live and pay your bills and pay for your pleasures, the things that you want, but your job should not be your source. See, if your job is your source, when you lose your job, you lose your life, but that's not true. It's simply a channel for your income. The beauty about having God as your source is that only God owns you then. Now, for some, that's a scary, scary statement, but it shouldn't be. But it will be if you have the wrong sense about God. If you don't know that God is for you, and he's not against you, it would scare you. If you didn't know that God wants you to have life and have it in abundance, that God wants to give you all the resources you need to have a victorious life, it would scare you to think that you are his. If you didn't know that God is for your happiness and he is against any harm that the enemy wants to bring to your life, It would scare you to think that God is your source. See, if you didn't know that, you would be against God being your source. But now that you know it, for those of you who are believers, we have to get to the place where we trust and know that God is good and he is for us and we can trust his ways. That means no one else can own you because it's only him that you depend on as your source. You only have one source, and that's why God wants us to fully depend on him as our source, because because when we depend on him, he can switch resources for our lives in an instant, if he needs to. So so he says in, in Luke 6, he says the following, Give, 
give and it, it, it will be given to you. So today we are going to look at the theology of it. What he is saying is whatever it is that you need legitimately or want from God, whatever it is that you legitimately need or want from God, give it. Everybody wants something from God, but he takes a step back and he says, listen, before you get it, what you want, you have to give it if you want it. Now, that is not common sense thinking. That is not how we like to think about things that we want in our lives. Common sense thinking is I want it, so give it. He says, take a step back. If you want it, give it. That is uncommon thinking. That is the theology of it. And we find it in the Bible. We see in Genesis 1, when God created the world, way back, first book in your Bible, here is what he said in Genesis 1 verse 12. The earth produced vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their kind, and the trees bearing fruit with seed in them according to their kind. And God saw that it was good. So he said, the earth produced vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their kind. So a plant was yielding seed according to the plant, to its kind, and the same for the trees. So here's how it works. When God created, and what God created, the fruit and the trees and the vegetation he created, what he created had seed in it. The seed matched whatever it was the seed of. So apples have apple seeds. Oranges have orange seeds in them. Watermelons have seeds in them. Grass has seeds in them. They are built into them. The reproduction of them is built into them. That for me, the, you know, when I was studying, I had the last two weeks to spend on this, this week and next week's message. And this part excited me. Built into them was the reproduction of them. And you might have heard that before, but it, it really struck me. It's built in, the reproduction was built in. So what God did when he created them, he placed in all of these plants and all of these trees and fruits, he placed in them their future. Their future is inside of them. They can replicate after their kind. You cannot plant an orange seed and get apples and plant a pear and get a watermelon or plant a tomato and get a cucumber. They produce after their kind. That is how creation works. So whatever it is that you want to receive, that is the seed that you have to plant because it produces after its own kind. So the way God created life to work was the thing you wanted to reproduce was the same thing's seed that was embedded into it. And that's for life. So, so you would take the seeds from it so that you can replicate it. 
It's the principle for creation. And Luke says, this is the principle for life. Give and it. Referring to the thing you gave. Whatever it is, give it. Because God responds to the faith that gave. Whatever it was that was given. If, if you have a need, make sure you sow a seed. Whatever it is that you've got the need for. Make sure you sow that seed. Don't just have the need and don't just ask God to meet the need. Make sure that you plant the seed for the need. People all over call on God to meet their needs. And, I, you know, we hear many prayer requests and we receive many prayer requests and if you have a prayer request please go to to our website thisislifechurch.com there is a place where you can submit your prayer request you can have people praying for you we have live people praying for you right now if you've got a prayer request right now please um, just click on the button need prayer and we will pray for you but here's the thing there are people who have a need without action of planting a seed they work together and now the need for many people because they don't plant the seed it's not met so they say God just didn't want me to have it then I guess no let's say let's say old MacDonald had a farm he I he I hope and on that farm he wanted to produce some corn. He, I, he, I, ho. So old MacDonald stands over his field and he wants a good crop this year. And old MacDonald is committed to God. And he stands over his 10 acres and he prays and he says, God, God, I want you to bless my farm. Please, God, God, I've got people praying with me, praying for God, bless my farm. I need rain and I need sunshine. God, I need perfect weather for a good harvest. God, I'm so serious about what I need. God, God, I need you to bless my, God, I am so desperate. God, I'm committed. I'm committed to this, God. I will fast. I will go to church. I will serve in ministries and Sunday school. I will lead. I will sing in the choir. God, I will even tithe. God, I'm committed. I will pray for 21 days and fast with it. We would say, if you know that old MacDonald, you would say old MacDonald is very serious about his harvest. And if you know people like that, I know people that fast and pray and serve and, and they've got serious prayer needs. And, and, and they are serious about God meeting their needs. But what would you say if you find out that old MacDonald prayed and fasted and served and studied the Bible, but old MacDonald never planted a seed? You would say old MacDonald is a fool and a really bad farmer that probably should not be farming. He would say that old MacDonald wasted his time even calling on God and doing all the things he was doing because he wanted God to meet a need without a seed. That's what a lot of people use as common sense in religion. They do all the stuff. They go through all the rituals, but they don't plant the seed that is needed to produce the need. 
They would say, I prayed and I fasted and I was faithful in it, but it's obvious God doesn't want me to have it. And that is not the truth. No. The way God has structured it to work, the reproduction, the future of what God is going to do is not just tied to the need and your prayer and your fasting. It is tied to the seed that you are sowing into the need. I remember seeing this in Africa. It was one of those moments that, that really, you know, gripped my heart. It's like a picture memory that you'll never forget. As is, is you see in Africa, um, if you've ever been there, if you've been there, I'm convinced you've seen this. If you haven't, um, many of the poor areas in Africa, they, they get their own little patch of land that they can work and produce so that they can plant seeds and produce food for their families. And most of the time you will have a young mother um, and she will have a baby strapped to her front and she will have a baby strapped to her back and she would be working the fields, gathering the crop of what they planted because they have to eat because they've got a need. So she would gather everything that she can Everything that they've planted, as you would gather enough for the season. But, but what makes it complicated is that she has to take from the little that she's gathered, which would, would just be enough to feed her family for the year. She has to take out of what she's gathered. She has to take out of that and put aside enough seed so that she's able to plant again for next year so that she can have office. So she's gathering everything that she can. It's not a whole bunch. It's just enough to meet her need. And this is where it gets hard is because she barely has enough, but she has to take from what is hardly enough so that she can sow again for next year. If she just takes 10% out, she will reproduce what she produced this year. If she wants a greater harvest, she has to take more out this year in order to produce more next year. It means that she has to make some sacrifices this year so that she can produce more next year. It's hard to watch that. But it's truth. If you have a need, plant a seed. That's the way it works. The Bible calls it sowing and reaping. If you haven't sown, why are you looking for a harvest? God required that the seed be placed in the ground. Why did God say that? Because God created the ground to receive the seed so that this farmer would always know he is our source. No farmer eats everything he produces because if he does, he will never reproduce. His future is built in that what he produced because the seed is built into it. Now, as I began to look into this principle, as it's used legitimately, just in life, I began to see a whole bunch of scriptures and stories in the Bible that reflects this principle and gives us insight. The widow of Zerapath. I, I practiced it. It's like, it's not an easy word to say. Zerapath was running out of food. She was running out of food in 1 Kings 17. She was running out of food and she only had enough left to make one more meal. One more meal. 
that she could feed for her and her son. And after that, they would starve and they would die. Now, this is an extreme circumstance. I want you to think of this situation. I want you to picture this situation where, where all you have left is one more meal for your family. One more meal, just one meal left. An extreme circumstance. And in our minds, and in common sense world, a common sense world would say, surely this woman who has one meal left, surely she doesn't need to sow anything because she's got nothing to sow. She doesn't have a lot. She doesn't have a lot. She's got one meal left. I don't have a lot. And this is the words that come into so many people that we counsel and work with. I don't have a lot. I can't give. I can't sow into other people. I, you know, I'm emotionally low. I, I feel depressed. I can't be a blessing to others because I need them to be a blessing for me. I don't have a lot to give. Surely God doesn't expect me to sow anything when I hardly have enough for myself. Surely God, you don't expect that. Surely God, all you want to do is just give it to me because you can see I don't have how can I give to the church or to the others when I'm emotionally dry how can I be a blessing to my community when I myself feel that I need to be blessed but the problem is the law of sowing and reaping requires no matter how desperate the need, no matter how desperate your situation or your circumstances are, it requires a seed. She cries out to God for help because she has a need for food. And guess what God tells her? He says, widow, you have to make a bread cake for my servant. But God, I'm down to my last bread cake. This is the last one. I have to feed my son. We are starving. I know. I know you have a need. And I so desperately want to look after that need. But I need you. I need you to plant a seed. I know you have a need. And God desperately wants to look after that need. But God needs you to plant a seed. So she followed God by giving to Elijah her last bread cake. She gave it. She needed food, so she gave it. And when she gave it, the Bible said that God fed them for many days. When she gave it, God fed them. She needed food, so she gave food and God worked it back around because the seed grew. It's a seed principle. And you have to understand that there are so many areas in your life where you are desperately crying out to God. And I know God is saying, listen, just look at the principles that I've set in place. If you seed it, I can meet it. You must give God something to work with. And that's called faith, people. Faith is acting like God is telling the truth, and He is. It's not a feeling, it is a function. What seed did you plant? When you come to God with your need, what seed did you plant for that need? What do you want me to grow and develop? 
Plant that seed. There were 5,000 men listening to Jesus while he was speaking on the mountain in the Beatitudes. Great message. Sermon on the Mount. And these disciples came to Jesus and said, Jesus, send these men home because it's becoming evening and they are hungry and we've got nothing to feed them. We have to feed all these people. We don't know how we're going to do it. And Jesus said to him, what do you have? No. There's no place for people around to go buy food. There was a need. What did they need? They needed food. What did Jesus ask for? He asked for food. What do you have? He didn't just pray for food. God just let food drop down from heaven. Jesus asked, is there any food around? And there was a little boy with some sardines and crackers or uh, more accurately, two fish and five barley loaves. And the Bible says Jesus gave thanks and blessed it. Why say grace over two fish and a few crackers when you have 5,000 hungry men? And let's just count in the women and the children. 15,000 people sitting in front of you that are hungry. Why say grace over two fish and five loaves of bread? It sounds like a waste of time. Not when it's seed. You have to get that. Not when it's seed. Because built into seed is the need. So when Jesus blessed the food, now suddenly what was brought to him turned from two, low to, from two fish into free willy lying on the beach, able to feed 5,000, 15,000 people in total. And I like that it says that they ate to their full. They got seconds. The food multiplied to the capacity where they ate and they could not eat anymore. See, the problem today is people, people want God to meet their needs, but they are not willing to plant any seed. This means they don't exercise any faith or they are building their own kingdom. You know, it's, it's for my sake. It's not for God's glory or the advancing of the kingdom. So we don't see all that God can do legitimately and I'm not talking about prosperity theology, where it's just about stuff and stuff. God, I need more stuff. I need stuff, stuff. It's not that. I'm talking about that which God responds to as him being the source for our lives and the only one. That he meets the need because he sees you acting out in faith and planting the seed. That there was faith that produced future growth. He says, and it, the it you gave, if you want to be forgiven, forgive. If you want to be forgiven over there, make sure you forgive over here. You better plant forgiveness seeds. If you desire forgiveness, plant forgiveness seeds. That's what Jesus said, the plant, the seed for the need. If you want love, give someone else love. If, if, if you need a relationship, give 
towards relationships. Invest into other people for relationships. People aren't reaching out to me. I've been so alone and isolated and I hear that and I know that many of you are, but please hear the principle. That need can be met because if you start planting the seed that matches the need, that need will be met even more abundantly than what you can imagine. I feel isolated and alone at home. Okay, start calling up people from your community. Start blessing them. How about making a meal for somebody that lives in the same complex? Go dropping it at their door. How about going to, to Starbucks or to Petra's or to any one of the coffee shops where you live in your area? Buy a coffee for somebody that you just met there hey can I buy you how about sowing into other people's lives because when you do when you start sowing God says ha there is seed that I can use to look after the need plant the seed over there if that is what you are looking for in return for your life don't just say Lord give me more give me more unless you give it church unless we make this uncommon way of thinking our thinking, we will keep on producing nothing. We will keep on saying, I've prayed, I've fasted, I've... but have you planted seed? Have you sowed? What are you sowing into your neighbors? into your community, into your Facebook groups where that you are part of, on your Instagram post, are you seeding the clouds and the ground so that it can produce life? Are you seeding it? See, and this lines up with the word that God gave to me for our church for this year. The word was, be known what you are for, instead of complaining what you are against. Be known what you are for. What is God for? I'm going to sow the seeds that God is for. And when we do that, we will see that that will produce life in our communities. God is way more attractive than the world. The church, needs, we just need to represent him the way he is. The kingdom of God is irresistible. When the fruit of the ones who are living in it becomes irresistible. Why? Because we are seeding our lives and not just constantly asking for others to meet our needs. But we have to know that the principles that God set in place is sow it, give it if you need it. Next week, we'll continue on with part two of the series um, of this specific topic. And I hope you will join us again because I do feel this inspired me this week to be so focused again on sowing seed. You might have heard this before, and I'm convinced this is not the first time you've heard the principle of sowing and reaping. But this for me is, was, it, it was groundbreaking in my own thought life to understand again that I have to sow seed. I have a responsibility to sow kingdom seed in the same way you have it also. If you wanna bring a change to your life, sow seed. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can trust your word and that we know that your word will not return null and void back to you. But if we apply your principles in faith, 
Father, I know that the needs of the people that are listening right now will be met if they start sowing the seeds. Start sowing the seeds. Start sowing the seeds. Right now, where you are sitting, I want to speak to you. Start sowing the seeds into the lives of your children, of your marriage, of your, of your work, of your relationship. Start sowing seeds into them. The things that you are longing for, start sowing it. Give it if you need it. And Holy Spirit and God, I pray that you will give us the strength and the wisdom on how to do it. We love you, Lord. You are good to us. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Goodbye. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.